You're listening to The Marriage Project Podcast, episode number 13. The Marriage Project is a community organization that exists to educate a future generation while encouraging and inspiring hope for this one through the portrait of God's design for marriage. It is a collective of stories from couples spanning across the nation and globe to share with you the hope they have found in Jesus. This is a one-stop shop to hear how God has impacted each life here and to shine light and shed light on what our part is in his plan. I thought it would be fun to bring back Andrea and Elliot Johnson, who were with us on episode four, and talk with them a bit more about a specific topic, and that topic is one that affects not just marriages, really it affects all of us, but it's very much something that can affect a marriage, and that's finances. Elliot and Andrea share their journey toward financial peace and how they got out of debt, and now they counsel and coach other couples along in their own journey toward financial peace. And as we start a new year, I know this is a time we all set out with intention and resolution to begin new habits. And I thought what perfect timing to begin this discipline and habit toward establishing financial peace in your life. And I wanted to point you guys to not our words, but what scripture says, what God says about money. And surprisingly, the Bible has, well, not surprisingly, but I think this does surprise some people that the Bible has so much to say regarding money. It's not a dirty word. It's something that is commanded to steward and how to manage. And we can find answers and wisdom in God's word of how he wants us to think toward money and how he wants us to use it. And so I wanted to give you guys just a couple verses or a few verses to look up on your own. One of those is Proverbs 22, 26 through 27. Another is Proverbs 22, 7. It says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. We talk a little bit more about that one in the episode. Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6, 32 through 33. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. So stewarding our money well is not just something we want to do for ourselves, but because God commands it and asks us to manage well what he has given us. And so that should be the prayer right away. If you already are thinking, well, wait, I earn this money or X, Y, or Z, this is mine and I do with it what I do with it. That has to shift because everything that we have is given to us by the father. And so once we have our mind wrapped around that, that's when we can begin this next process. And so Andrea and Elliot do share that. It starts with prayer. So I'm praying for you all that as you listen, you're encouraged, and that this brings hope um, to you if you're feeling trapped, if you're feeling weighed down by debt, and that what they share begins the process of seeking help further, whether it's through Andrea and Elliot. I will link their information to where you can find them and perhaps set up a 20-minute consult with the two of them or with Elliot, but I hope that that brings you motivation, reading what scripture says about money, that it is to bring God glory, and the way we spend can do that, and asking him to help us use what he has given us to bring about his kingdom on earth for his plans, his glory, and his purpose for our life. I want to jump right in and just get your guys' story. So, Elliot, you've been doing the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace course. Is that the right way to say it? Sure. For six years? Six years. And now you're a coach. How long have you been doing that? Uh, The full six years? Well, I've been coaching for six years, but I've officially got certified in August. Okay. So now I do it as a practice for a couple months now. And you're starting a podcast soon. Correct. Yeah, I have a couple of episodes recorded, so we're live and in color today in the studio. Yeah. Thank you, Alicia, for gracing us with your expertise and presence. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) No, but yeah, so you're going to be able to share even more wisdom because this is kind of just a Kickstarter to this conversation because as we were discussing, there's so much you could say about Mm -hmm. marriage and finances. Yeah. And so we're going to talk just bullet points, I guess. Um, to try to condense this, but you guys said you have your own journey. So what started you guys on the road to financial peace? Me first? Okay. So money growing up was one of those dirty things in the house that nobody really talked about. Mm. And anytime I would inquire, I would tell them, you know, you start your business, stop asking. And so I wasn't taught very much financially growing up. And so... Mm. uh, Same. 
Right. So when we got yeah. married, it was kind of one of those things that we knew, we thought we knew kind of how to do things. Was it just that like your parents kept it to themselves or it just wasn't something that, yeah, they just didn't bring you into it? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for me, for me, it was just that my, it wasn't anything that I remember being specifically taught about. It wasn't like a hush, hush, don't talk right. about it, but it was just not brought like let's sit down at the table let me show you spreadsheets budget lists whatever (laughs) yeah i'd me either i don't think that's something that's even taught like in school or yeah well one of the things i learned in middle school i took home economics so i really learned how to do a lot of things around the house like sewing cooking cleaning Mm. things of that nature and that's one of the things i feel like is lost on this generation even in high school i took a course on how to balance a checkbook Mm. which is you know flies thirty thousand feet feet over a lot of people's heads now and oh so they kind of just get do lost that anymore in the <laughs> oh. and it's sad they should I, I wish they would teach technical skills shop class mm-hmm. home economics i think that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is lost on our generation and it, it ought not be they so do. Mm-hmm. it's just not as common as it once was right yeah but oh back to the journey yes sorry so, yes. no no it's fine <laughs> so it really it, it really stemmed out of one day i, I came home and my wife told me that we needed to go grocery shopping and mm-hmm. my heart really broke because our credit cards were maxed we had nothing in savings and i had to look my poor little wife in the eyes and tell her we can't Mm. we got nothing and uh part of it was me being ill-informed and not really knowing what to do so it it really broke me and Mm -hmm. i began to pray and i realized that i had no idea how to honor god in my finances Mm. and i felt like i was doing a disservice to my marriage and to my wife uh, because we couldn't afford basic necessities and so it, it really how many years into your marriage was that? That was the first year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it was pretty much right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, because, so coming back to that point about, like, not being able to afford groceries, mm-hmm. prior to um, us getting married, we kind of, in some sense, did a budget, but it was really just like, hey, we can afford this apartment, but we didn't factor in, like, groceries or our utilities bills. Or, oh, you know, God. Like, like, yeah. So, um so yeah, that's kind of where we were. We we had we talked about a little money a little bit previously, but a few months into our marriage, we kind of hit this like, oh, what about everything else to live? And so it really broke me because I was sitting in a meeting one year at the end of our fiscal year in church, and I really felt good. I felt like I gave. I felt like I contributed. I felt like I was generous. And mm-hmm. when I actually saw the numbers, it crushed me. Like I did incredibly little. Mm-hmm. And it, it hurt because I, I wanted to be a part of what God was doing. I wanted to Mm-hmm. you know, to move along with that right. and realizing that I had no idea what I was doing really hurt because mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't know where to turn to, to get that direction. So it really began uh, just a process of prayer. Were you frustrated with the job you had? Did you feel like you weren't bringing enough in, in that way? Or was it just a culmination of things? Were you guys both working at the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. And what was happening is what we kind of interact with a lot of the couples that we work with is that 78% of couples don't regularly or consistently budget. And so they, they really don't know what's coming in or what's going out. Right, and it's, where it's going. Exactly. It's and so it's game. really hard to stay on mission and stay on task if you don't know what the task and mission is. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were. And the mm-hmm. tension and the stress and all that was building up in our home. And it came to this crescendo of mm-hmm. we're going to be hungry for the next week well. because... We just can't. Yeah. We just can't. There's right. no money there. There's nothing left. We ran the well dry. Mm. And that broke me as a husband because here I am supposed to be leading and protecting our home and our marriage. And yeah. I didn't know how. Yeah. And I wasn't taught that in the home. And it really wasn't something that was taught in our church. Okay. And so I began to pray. And one day on the, on the way to work, I heard this redneck on the radio mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> coaching people through their finances. And I pulled over because at the end of his at the end of his show, he said, the only way to know financial peace is to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Wow. I pulled over and started to cry because it hit me. Like, oh my God, like mm. this, this is an answer to prayer. And so I did as much research as I could and I came home and I'm like, wife, this is, this is what we got to do. And uh, luckily I have a wonderful and gracious wife that was on board right away and, and said, yeah, let's do that. And so that really blessed me because I felt like we're a team again, yeah. right? Where I had broken things down so terribly, she was still on board to support me. So I feel like not to go off, but like men do carry that. Of course. Because you're saying I'm the one not doing it, that yeah. you feel that that's your role to protect and provide, right? Of course. That's, yeah. That's part of the character of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really did crush me. And through that, it, through that process, 
God really began to show me through Scripture uh, His ways of managing the money that He's given us. He's given us a portion to steward over. It's not really mm-hmm. a word you hear very often, but it's right. a good, strong biblical word. We're a manager of what God mm-hmm. entrusts to us. And I had no idea what I was doing. Right. So He began to show me how to do that. And we felt those aches and pains and all that all that came along with that, the tension in our home. Mm-hmm. And once we made it out, we turned around and said, other people are hurting and desperate and we got to help wow. them too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember just an example of our, some of the clashing and just being on different page was, for example, like we both were working, mm-hmm. but yet like we couldn't afford groceries sometimes, or I, we would get invited to go out to the lunch with some friends and Elliot would be like, no, we got to save money. We can't spend money. And I'm like, wait, but like, let's go get tacos. Right. <laughs> like those tacos. little allowances yeah, yeah, yeah. here and there. These little, these little you know, living life kind of thing. Right. But the thing was, is that we just didn't have a plan. We simply Mm. weren't on the same page. It's not that we couldn't like go get tacos every once in a while. There was just no plan for how much, you know, how many times uh, each month. Well, because you could keep saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like last weekend we did that too. Right. And it becomes a habit. But that's the thing with us is that last week we didn't do that. Mm. So like we never did it because him naturally, he is like more of a saver he's more of a saver or um as like dave ramsey likes to call it a nerd 100 (laughs) spirit (laughs) and not so much that i'm a spender when you're a spender and a saver it things with money it's so much of your mindset and when you come together to get married you don't probably even have to face that until you're in those Mm -hmm. situations and then you do bring two Right? I mean, in singleness, you need to learn that. I of feel course. like I, God has yeah. totally taught me through my business how to manage money. Right. And how did you guys, like, you had to have a conversation, mm-hmm. like, about yeah. your mindsets toward money or, like... Mm-hmm. What kind of, like, set us free Yeah, <laughs> is that we realized, hey, we need to have a category in our budget, and we called it miscellaneous. Or okay. Or just, like, fun money, which it was a portion of money that we could spend spontaneously on whatever we wanted to, mm-hmm. we didn't feel bad about it because we had a plan for it. Right. And so that is when it was just like permission. Permission yeah. to, like, you're working really hard towards your goals and you have permission to spend this much on whatever you want, you know, but when it's gone, back to work, it's gone. Like, you don't get right. to... Um, That's it. You used mm-hmm. it. Exactly. And so did you... What were you going to say, Elliot? No, I th- I think exactly what she said is true. A lot of people hear budget and cringe. Yeah. Uh, except they're, you know, nerds like me are like, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like three-tab <laughs> spreadsheets. And it's like, no, no, no. Him, there'd have been no it overwhelms no, me. No. Right. Yeah. I think when I've downloaded the app, yeah. I've tried to, like, list out budgets, but I'm different. I don't mm-hmm. have a mortgage. I don't have right. X, Y, or Z bills yet. I have mm-hmm. some bills. I have my business expenses, but... That's where I get tripped up where I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's a process. It's a discipline. Like you have to set your mind to do it and yeah. intentionally. Absolutely. And yeah. it's just like Drea said, the budget really empowered us to spend. A lot mm-hmm. of people feel like it's so restricting and it yeah. puts you in this box. and like, ah, I can't do it. But that's not the, the truth is when you come together in agreement, and we'll talk about singles in a second. But when yeah. you come together and communicate and come to an agreement as a team and say, hey, this much money we're going to allot to X, Y, and Z. Okay. And then once you reach that limit, you've both already come to an agreement that these are the boundaries and we're going to stay in there. Right. But hey, there's a next month. So next month, we could do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that, whether it be your miscellaneous, your groceries, gas, whatever mm-hmm. the, the items are on your budget. And as a single person, it's good to learn those things before you get married. Right. Not so that you can mm-hmm. control what's right. going to happen when you do get You're married. You're not smacked in the face. Correct. Yeah. Right. But it's good to learn those disciplines. And uh, close, mm-hmm. close to the end of Proverbs, uh, Solomon says that there's three things that the world can't stand. And one of them, well, he says there's four. And then he says one of them is a a contentious or an angry woman when she gets married. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the marriage that was bad. Marriage is amoral. Mm -hmm. It has no morality in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But she brought that to the marriage. Mm -hmm. And guys can do that too. Mm -hmm. And so when you learn how to budget and have self-control and have the understanding and the perspective that I am managing what God has given me and it's for his glory... Yeah. Then you guys can come together as a team and do that together now and come to an agreement. And of course, your budget's going to shift and change. Right. And by the way, Alicia, let me ask you a quick question. You know, when was the last time you did something for the first time and just knocked it out of the park? 
like actually want me to answer that? Yeah. Um, probably when I went for a 10k six mile run, which oh, sounds God. small. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> well, but no, you started. You Are we talking money wise though? No, 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 no. no you anything. No, you're right. No, right. this is a really good example because no. Yeah. <laughs> right. You worked up. I had to right? go like half a mile and right. then actually stay the gr- in green the whole time and not stop mm-hmm. but then learn how to pause and right and yeah. so what we do is the, the people we work with is we give them 90 days mm. to just to just mess up it's gonna yeah. take like three months to really yeah get the the framework and the foundation of what your budget's gonna look like because right. things are gonna change holidays are gonna happen birthdays things you didn't realize the things you didn't put in there right things that just flew away over birthdays. your head and you're like oh things you can add or take out Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and so a lot of that, we tell couples like have grace on each other for 90 days mm. and then you'll have the framework of what it's going to look like. Right. So when people get frustrated, it's not the budget. It's that you're doing something. You're making a decision for the first time to honor God with your finances. Mm. And I'm speaking personally here. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while too. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy, but God never promised it would be. Right. So did you guys pick things you were going to cut out? Like you're like, we can't anymore or did you make a list like these are the things I like to spend on Mm -hmm. but that's something we probably have to do without for a little while was there anything like that that you did I mean you don't have to go into the specifics of what it was but were there things like that guns oh Oh my god (laughs) okay yes so the luxuries Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things that were not necessities correct you had to realize dang I'm spending money on that Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the reasons our our credit cards were maxed out is because okay. I was, I, you know, I went on this yeah. impulse purchase because I heard some gun laws were going to change and I oh went in freak God. mode and maxed out our <laughs> and credit card. And, you know, and it was one of the things I think she said to me, like, what are we going to hunt now? Like, we can't get groceries, right. but you got something fantastic. Okay. What yeah. Are we do? So that's a good point. So there might be things that you're blindly looking past that need to go. It could be that yeah. morning routine too, like Starbucks every morning. Like it might be the little things because that's an obvious yeah, big thing where you're like, well, but yourself to but death. it is, yeah, the, the little things that you, you're basically eating away your... What does your financial life look like and feel like today? You first Because you were saying what? the strife was there in your first year oh, of marriage. Gosh. Well, it feels like The grind peace. is real. It yeah. feels like teamwork. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably never well, over, right? Like there's always right. continuing learning. Yeah, it's just continually working together. But uh-huh. now it just feels like trust and open communication and it feels like progress right and um and seeing fruit from it right yeah okay so i have an example alicia close your eyes okay they're close we're doing this okay Okay. do i need my hands out or anything (laughs) (laughs) is it like one of those trusts where you fall back no no no. i do this with, with some of my clients i imagine that your next paycheck is right around the corner let's say you get paid tomorrow okay Can I make a comment though? Because yes. mine's probably a whole different. I don't get paychecks. <laughs> Understood. Imagine you're it's getting hard. paid. It's hard. It's a rough, uncertain thing, but okay. 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 So imagine, I, I can remember a time. <laughs> okay. Imagine you're getting paid tomorrow uh, for a wedding you shot or something of that nature. So you're getting paid tomorrow. Now imagine that all that income that you're about to make is going to stay with you, that you don't owe anything to anybody for any reason. Uh huh. What does that feel like? Free. I feel like, yeah, just great. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so in addition to that, now let's imagine that you have a five to $10,000 emergency fund set aside in case life happens. Mm-hmm. Now what's that feel like? Mm, I'd say safe or just reassuring. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I'm glad you said that you can open your eyes. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm still closing my eyes. <laughs> but I'm glad you said safe because that's, yeah. that's part of... Uh, I think womanhood is women have this security gland. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when that spasms, all kinds of crazy things happen in a marriage. And oftentimes mm-hmm. it's because of the guy, me, I messed up, right? Mm-hmm. I bought guns instead of groceries. That was me. So her security gland spasms and now we get mm-hmm. in an argument. Mm-hmm. It's because I wasn't protecting our home. I wasn't protecting mm-hmm. our four walls. But now the peace and the comfort and the joy, and it's not just that. It's like I can feel God smiling on me because he sees... He's taught me how to manage his resources well and for his glory. Right. And that's one of the best feelings that you could ever have in your marriage is knowing that you're living out clearly God's will the way that he spells it out in his word. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying that those are the things in place now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, just being on the same page is, gosh, just huge. huge. Yeah. Teamwork. Just, I don't know. There's really not words for it. Just, right. I just, you can we, feel we, yeah, the we've peace. Just, we've, we've been not even not on the same page but like haven't even had the book open but also like we've worked with so many 
couples who are not on the same page right. and not communicating yeah. and have no unity, especially in money. And so we've been there. We know what it feels like. And so now to like have that open communication right. and that teamwork and that being on the same page, working toward common vision, it's just, there's just no words because mm-hmm. it was such a awful feeling to not be on the same page. Right. So to finally be there is great. Yeah. It, it feels like you can breathe. Right. As silly as that sound, we take it for granted a lot, but it literally, because our marriage felt like it was suffocating. Right. But when we got on the same page and we, when we got out of debt, we cut up our credit cards. We didn't owe a single thing to a single person for a single reason. Mm-hmm. Just that release and that freedom and that peace was like the chains fell off. And yeah. it, it, it was almost like that salvation moment. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what God intended for this to be. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to put that into words and describe yeah. how that feels. And so that's why I try to do that exercise with our clients. Right. So they can try to get a visualization of, what they're aiming at yeah Mm -hmm. oh i want that right right so how long did that take you guys to get out of debt what do you think how was it like a year and a half yeah give or take so and then that's like going into what you coach people through right Right. like the execution of it yeah Mm -hmm. okay well i was gonna ask too regarding tithing because that's a biblical command like was that you guys kept that yes Mm -hmm. 100%. First, and I think that could be a point of contention in marriages or even just, yeah, just not the mindset that everything that we have is from God. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's the mindset that we need first and that the Bible does ask and command to give the 10% back. And if you're not doing that, yeah. So did you find that was something obviously you kept? That's something that God, I feel like God hit me over the head with a two by four with because even going back to people that are single, you're not married. Tithing is a biblical principle. It's not a marriage principle. Right. Totally. And uh, tithing, I I have a contention with the term giving back Mm -hmm. because it doesn't belong to you in the first place. Yeah. So when the tithe. Returning it. Right. To trust God with it. Exactly. It's God's. It belongs to him. And it goes so much as he makes a, a difference between uh, thievery and robbery. And he says, when you come into my house, you're robbing mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, theft is when you take something when no one's around. That That's actually you. what I felt the word spoken to me at the end of 2017 because of my right. uncertain paycheck. So mm-hmm. if anyone out there doesn't have that coming mm-hmm. in like steady, that was really hard for me. Cause I'm like, well, it's obvious how much you give 10% of when you get a paycheck. That's like a certain amount. But sure. I felt that that was the exhortation at the end of the year, the message or the sermon that the pastor taught and it was about tithing and offerings and he was saying that like you're robbing god and that really like hit me i was like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry like i'm take comfort in knowing you see my heart lord but i don't want to rob you anymore so i made a point from that point onward thankfully it was the start of the year so that was like my resolution Mm -hmm. it was 10 percent of anything that hit my bank account Mm -hmm. yeah that whole week 100 percent. and so it was this like continual like i do it like weekly now yeah it's not even like a monthly thing like i'm actually i do the mobile giving okay but yeah i just felt like i'm so sorry <laughs> i don't want to do that again but it, that word robbery like struck a chord with me yeah it's yeah. very harsh it is and it's and robbery is when is you like, take something from somebody's yeah, person you know, i mean right. you're going into god's house and literally taking yeah. what belongs to him and yeah. i don't think he sees that too kindly right. in fact he says that there's a curse on it right. and then when you do tithe he said that's one of the only times he says test me in this and i'll yes. show i'm gonna fly open the windows of heaven yes. and just dump it on you so I much know you can't so contain cool it. is that when you do it like when i have it frees you up too because i'm yeah. almost like i have this and i don't want to use it it's like i know this is a safe place to put it back right because you're saying we're yeah. managing stewarding the money yeah. and i know that giving it back to the house i feel that people too think oh it's just the way the church makes money and that's a whole hot topic issue can be but yeah but nobody complains about going to walmart they just want your money right and that's what it's not that like i don't know it's not that perspective or that mm-hmm. is not what it's going back into the ministry which sure. is putting the gospel out and mm-hmm. that's what I see, you see the fruit from it when people give their lives to the Lord, you 100%. know? So you took part in that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially anyway. when you're single. And yeah. because once you have that ingrained in you and that's part of your character, when you get married, you're already on the same page because right. that's a biblical principle. Yeah. That's not a married or single principle. Right. That's for every Christian. Right. Yeah. That's good. Um, so I just, that just came to me because I see it on the budget. You have the quick start budget. Oh, perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah and you know, what's interesting is Absolutely. if you notice there, uh, it, tithing is all the way at the top. Yeah. And sometimes people have like, we just don't have money to tithe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you just turn the budget around and hand it back and say, yeah. well, your budget was upside down. Right. Oh, I love that. Tithing comes first. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oftentimes that's, that's a perspective issue that people have. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it can take a little while. And prayer. I like that you yes. said that's 100%. the main thing. Yeah, yeah that the first place. Drives the first, it. You have to start. The first action step. And if you want to honor God, he's going to show you how. Right, if your heart is pure in that. Okay, so we have some more pointed questions. Uh-oh. If you guys are ready to go down that <laughs> route, just from listeners or people that have I've asked. Uh-huh. In marriage, we've talked about this, but people were asking about bank accounts, and then some have separate, and then the one bank account. What is your take on, or what have you learned as you've sought peace? <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, who answers? <laughs> oh. I'll let you go yeah, first if you, you want. Me go first. Okay. Uh, sometimes people have a contention with this, but it's not against me. It's it's against biblical principle. And God says, when you get married, you become one. Right. And so their math is wrong because they think one plus one equals two. But God says, be fruitful and multiply. So one times one equals one. Whoa. Right. Yeah. So the math sometimes blows people's. That's me being a nerd right now. Uh, and God is a God of math. Numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when you get married, everything is one. That's the reason I can look through my wife's purse for, for a piece mm-hmm. of gum and not get cussed at. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, <laughs> that's the reason she can pick up my phone and go through everything in it, not because she doesn't trust me, but because we're one. Everything mm-hmm. is together. You guys are one as a team, mm-hmm. and you're, made to, you're brought together to glorify God in his image. Mm-hmm. And so why would you keep things separate? Yeah. It breeds mistrust, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, there may, or, there may be a rare, very rare case in mm-hmm. which... That may not apply to a certain marriage, but Mm -hmm. some good old-fashioned communication and transparency would take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have worked with a couple of couples where one person is not, like, honoring their finances. They're not communicating. They don't care what the other person has to say. They Mm. don't care how much um, is made. They don't care uh, what needs to be paid. They will spend however much they want. Super irresponsible. It's cases like that where you would want to have, like, to have separate bank accounts or to not right. allow them access to the bank yeah. account. But so oftentimes when somebody has a spending issue, it's it's not so much a money issue as it is more of a deep-rooted, mm-hmm. um, this is where they find comfort and they're joining peace isn't in Christ. And so mm-hmm. I would recommend that you seek out some really good biblical counseling, talk to your pastor, get some spiritual help. Yeah. And a lot of times really the marriage things, in addition to having a financial coach, those tend to work themselves out because there's a deeper issue. If they had separate accounts, how do you go into merging accounts? Sure simple answer you said right yeah so it, it, no matter where you bank i would recommend a good local credit union because they actually care about you There's a lot of big banks i've heard that remember. even with buying cars it's good to go yeah. with their credit union right we'll get to that later oh okay <laughs> you're like you're jumping way ahead if it, if, yeah if it comes <laughs> uh no it's simple it's joint checking uh so what what'll happen is they'll you know for example when we were both working my wife uh she joint checking is when everything comes into the same account so her paychecks my paychecks they would direct deposit into the same account mm-hmm. everything was funneling into the same place right and it's very simple any place will be able to do it just go in there and say joint checking and that's how you guys would merge all of your accounts yeah okay so just a joint checking account yeah and when we first did that uh, this is something to be cautioned about i didn't know that because i was quote unquote the Mm-hmm. the authorized oh. user of the account or whatever they called it, they put a limit on my wife's card. Uh, and so when she would go to purchase something, right, because they might put a limitation on the card and then she won't be able to spend more than however much in a certain period. Well, which comes to the question yeah. that being brought up in marriage of having an allowance right. or what you're allowed or limitations. Like what are your guys' thoughts? Or someone that might be staying at home or a single income family that has only one source of income coming in, where does that conversation happen? Or Well, I think each spouse just be involved. So it should yeah. be a mutual involvement in the budgeting process. Right. So we, for example. Because right now you're not working, right? right? There's right. a single income household. Right. So what we recommend to others and what's what... Um, we started doing when we started going through the uh, financial peace university mm-hmm. plan is a budget committee meeting mm-hmm. so um just sitting down and both being involved and both knowing like what That's we good. have coming in where can we spend it mm-hmm. and if that is the case like if your spouse knows right what the money looks like right there's no reason why just because one spouse isn't 
going to work and making a quote-unquote income, they still have an enormous amount of economic value. Mm -hmm. I mean, you try to hire a nanny and a babysitter and a chef, and, you know, your spouse is doing all these things. Mm -hmm. That's an enormous value right. that they're really kind of doing for free. Mm -hmm. so, that's you know, so true. So that just because they have a different role to play doesn't make them any less equal than you. Right. I mean, God doesn't see woman any less than man. He created right. them both, and he right. loves both of them equally in his creation. And so... If you're giving your spouse an allowance, um, that's that's borderline condescending because they are mm -hmm. providing an enormous economic and social value to your home. Yeah. And just because it's not monetary doesn't make it any less significant. Right. It is a perspective yeah. thing too because value isn't just monetary. Right. Value right. can be a ton of different yeah. things. And so depending on what you value, that's... Yeah, that's huge. Right. Yeah. So that's just a whole other thing to navigate right single income versus both working because it's just that shift of feeling like i'm the one making the money whether it's your wife or your husband you're feeling yeah there's something that has to shift yeah, or i used just... to have a i used to have a pronoun issue uh, when i would say well i go to work and mm -hmm. i make the money and this is my account mm -hmm. and i had a pronoun issue because it wasn't just me myself and i and then my wife right. was just a, you know a part of the elliot show that wasn't it i had to really I was jacked up and God mm -hmm. really had to correct me and say, no, man, it's us. It's we, it's ours. It's together. Mm -hmm. It's not just you and yours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, surprise when a lot of people get married, they realize just how selfish they are. Yeah. And we went through a good period of that too. Yeah. But when God changed my perspective and my mentality about it, honestly, it is. It's that would we, be, us. I even say that I'm like, well, that's probably going to be one of my hardest issues. Sorry, mm -hmm. future husband. <laughs> 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 I hope God works it out first. But yeah. like when you're so used to doing something one way and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's not just you anymore right it's tough like mm -hmm. that's a tough thing to go through or learn and it's probably an mm -hmm. ongoing process yeah and right? it's like a mutual submission kind of thing like, yeah we were having this conversation um the other day and how like i when i you know for instance that same example of like wanting to go out to eat with our friends and right um and it wasn't just that i kept my mouth shut and didn't say anything right. because he's the man and whatever I asked, I was like, well, why can't we? Like, we do have some money right now to go. Why right. can't we? Yeah. And the reason being was just that arbitrarily he wanted to save because that's his nature. We didn't have a plan for right. that money for anything. And that's where I was getting caught up. I was yeah. like, well, well, why? What's the reason? Yeah. And the reason was that we didn't have, we didn't have a reason. Right. You know? So, so yeah. my questioning was not to like question his authority or anything like right. that, but just like a legitimate question. And my questioning is what prompted him and us to move forward and to grow and to see, mm -hmm. well, what we need to make a plan. Like we have no mm -hmm. plan, you know, yeah. and then him, you know, hearing mm -hmm. me out and listening mm -hmm. and like realizing, oh, I'm kind of being, you know, tight water. <laughs> you want to put it, yeah. <laughs> Had my knickers in the knot. You know, and so it's that, that uh, like you said, like that mutual, or like I was saying, the mutual submitting to each other. This is just, and... yeah, off the cuff, like how do you feel, like if someone's kind of like, you can't spend that this month on that. Mm -hmm. well, that's where the budget comes that's in. That's where play. the budget comes yeah. in, but is there ever like a room, like is there room? For... I know where you're going with this. And my wife. I... Like room to be like, well, wait. To go off budget. Not that I'm not, I'm uh -huh. so pro budget. I just need to learn it better. But in my head, it's just, do you have to be militant like that with it? And that's and something that, no. that, when it comes to something like that, that's just the discussion. Like yeah. between, you know, the individuals. Like what if like you want to go get your hair done? Like is that worked into the budget or like, I mean, that's kind of frivolous, but no, no I'm not just at thinking all. that. Not like, at all. Yeah. I want my wife to get her hair done and buy new clothes. Right. And I, I want her to do the things <laughs> no. that make okay, her so feel lonely. Honestly, we have a budget item for clothes. Okay. And there are months when Let I me don't... look at this. Many months when I don't spend it. Right. And so you have so an extra, no right? Look. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, tell me. <laughs> she got so excited. <laughs> all right. So Teaching. you would think, except here's the thing is that what we started doing, because we started realizing, hey, I wasn't using my clothes money, like, ever. Yeah. And so it would just, like, start over the next month. Not right. roll over, just start over. Right. You know, and be the same exact budget. Right. Same, back, same exact yeah. amount. Yeah. For that item. Yeah. And so we, well, what I did for a little bit, I don't really do it much anymore, but um, what I did for a little bit is I pulled that cash out every month, because it was budgeted mm, every right. single month. So I pulled the cash out. Right. And whether or not I spent it, right. it was... So you kind of realize what you actually do and don't really need or yeah. want to spend money on, right? Well, money I want to go back to maybe? something you guys both brought up earlier, and that was the budget and having a budget committee meeting. Yes. 
and so you're going to have all these different uh, line items. Do you guys mean together at committee meeting? Yeah. Or yes. like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So and monthly? Yes. yes. Okay. Before, Before the month the begins. Month. I like that. Budget, what is it? <laughs> Budget <laughs> committee <laughs> meeting. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> right. And so, you know, what's funny is oftentimes the nerd wants to lead it up and they think that they're right because they did it all out and they got their three tab spreadsheet and the free spirit's like, whatever, bro. I'll yeah. Just, I'll do what I want. <laughs> right. They're, oh, we had a meeting? Uh-huh. <laughs> And, and so the, the deal is you both have to participate, right? And so oftentimes when, because uh, I'm the nerd and I'll say, hey, look, this is what next month is going to look like. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And it's her obligation and her position too as the wife to say, hey, you know what? We have this coming up and that birthday and, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I, I was hoping to get my hair done or mm-hmm. since that was the example mm-hmm. she used earlier. Okay. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, then we can adjust here or there. And when you come together in agreement, it's like, okay, yeah, we can do those things. Okay. For example, like I just got a tattoo this month <laughs> and my hair done. <laughs> so I'm getting it all out of my system. Right. But someone might be like, you don't need a tattoo. And what if I'm like, but I want one. That would not be, I've heard stories like, yeah, like that's like almost, I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Like you can't do something like, not that it doesn't fit like where you're being unwise about the uh-huh. budget. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a whole other issue. Yeah. If well, someone's telling you what you can or system. cannot do, right? Yeah. So I think it's a value-based system. I hope this answered your question. Yeah. So basically, like, if you are willing to sacrifice someplace else right. to budget more money for a tattoo, right. then that's on you. That's, that's probably a bad idea value. example. No, it's, not. it's not a bad example. Um, like, for instance, somebody might choose to work a lesser-paying job right. because they value being able to do something that's meaningful right. to them, you know, okay. yeah. rather as opposed to somebody who chooses to work a higher-paying job because... Uh, they value the higher income because they value, you know, buying right. the house right away or buying the, like, I don't know. Right. Uh, I'm thinking of, like, saving more money. Like, they value doing right. that quickly. Right. That's their value. Right. Whereas, you know, they value building something that lasts, building right. something that's meaningful that may pay less. Right. So, so there's, like, where compromise comes into, right? Yeah. You have to matter what, or yeah. you have to care what matters Within reason, right? right? Like, for example, one time I came home with a bag full of bullets and my wife was like, really, bro? You need that many bullets? And I'm like, duh. Yeah. Right? But uh, so the reality is I had to take that. We sat down and she said, okay, that's unreasonable. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you don't need, like, you already have a ton. Right. You don't need two tons. Right, right. And so guess what? That's not in our budget anymore. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So in my case, it'd be like, well, what's your preference? Do you just not like the look of tattoos or do you want to be controlling to me? Or like, what is the, what is it? And if Wait, he was telling you, you can't have a tattoo. No, no one, no one is. But I feel like it's, a, it's like something that some people don't like. Or yeah. like, why do you need a tattoo? That seems like extra. And this mm-hmm. hopefully speaks to somebody. I don't know. I'm just bringing that up because in my mind, I'm thinking, whoa, if I were married right now, mm-hmm. I'd have to ask somebody, like not ask somebody their permission, but, but like. Later. Come to an agreement. Right, like it might matter. They're they're like, oh, I don't really like oh, tattoos, you know. And I'd be like, but I do. So it's kind of not yeah. even a money thing anymore. It's it more of like more of a relationship. Yeah. So yeah. I just I'm like that's kind of a tough one to really understand why someone might like something mm-hmm. or not like something or whatever. Yeah. So I'm kind of getting off topic, but no, not at all. But let I me just, to go back to your point. There's an umbrella, right? And yeah. Typically, when it comes to money issues, it's going to be people, perspective, or process. Uh huh. It's usually going to fall into one of those categories. Yeah. And so, oftentimes, when we're talking about budgeting or finance, or should I purchase this or right. should I do that? Yeah. Uh, a lot of it's going to be perspective. Like you said, I like tattoos. They might not. Right. That's whatever. Or it's a people issue. Like they're being controlling. Or it's a process issue. Like you said earlier. I yeah. just, you know, I've done it a couple times. I'm not totally comfortable yet. That's okay. Right. You know, you just keep working through the process, and we can kind of guide you and coach and show you how. Or you could like save toward it like this really matters to me and 100%. they're yeah. listening to you and they're like okay well you can't go right now but you can go plan it yeah and, and save awesome. your money for like three months mm-hmm. and then you can go get exactly. actually this tattoo is very inexpensive right. <laughs> but <laughs> that's very inexpensive, inexpensive. Okay. anyway but they can be expensive yeah. and but, i'm not like tattooed up i'm not trying to paint that <laughs> portrait but it's something that's kind of extra not necessary right it's not on the list yeah yeah and we've done that too where like it's like we i have we've talked about you know we want to like a camera for instance we want to buy a camera right but it's you know this hundred amount of dollars right so we can say okay well it's not going to happen this month right but you know three months from now five months five months from now we'll set aside so you're working toward things fifty dollars each month or 
even a $10 a month for a whole year. Yeah. And you know, surprise, delayed gratification is a biblical principle. Imagine mm, that. Wow. Yeah. And honestly, you might realize like five months later, wow, I don't even I need, need that, that thing exactly. anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like not getting the thing at the store the moment you see it and then going home and you forget about it type right. thing, right? Yeah. And you know, just because there's a sale doesn't mean they got three pallets of it in the back. It'll be there next right. week. Right. Relax. Yeah. That like urgency that sometimes that puts on you, you feel that way. You have to get it now or right. whatever. Okay. I like that. So I guess we're kind of talking about this, but I have listed how to create a budget. Mm-hmm. And you said that's fully loaded because that's what you do. That's mm-hmm. part of your coaching and right. how you guys have coached different couples. So just like a blanketed statement though, like what would your first, what is the first thing you tell somebody? Like how do you even begin that process? Yes, Coach Elliot. Coach Elliot. <laughs> okay, so we usually start with something called a quick start budget. Yes, and it's not very in depth, yeah. it's actually very, very elementary. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a drag and drop. So it starts with your tithes because that's always at the top. Yeah. And then it talks about your savings. Mm-hmm. And it has different categories like clothing, transportation, food, housing, utilities. And then it has a list of your debts. Uh, yeah. personal things that you want to do and so you're just really plugging in numbers right and so you're this is your income this you know i we generate typically x number right. a month right and so that's going to be your starting number mm-hmm. and then your quick start budget is going to you're going to be plugging in numbers until you hit zero and so it's your income minus your expenses is going to equal zero, zero. because you have to give every dollar a name every dollar has to be on mission on task on paper on purpose otherwise guess what's going to happen to it you're not going to yeah. know where it's going yeah. it's just going to no disappear purpose. right that's so cool and so that's start uh get it all. Start, yeah you're going to five bucks yourself to death <laughs> uh, but if you have a starbucks budget yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that goes you said tithing if you're in debt the first thing that needs to probably go after that is money toward paying that debt off right so, so when it comes to getting out of debt Right. So that's uh, part of the baby steps, right? Baby step two is paying off your entire debt, not including the mortgage. And so what that's going to look like is called a debt snowball. And you're going to list your debts largest to smallest. And you're going to start with the smallest. And that sounds counterintuitive. And what about this? And what about APR? And what? Don't worry about all that. Mm. So what we're going to do is list them smallest to largest. You're going to take every extra dime that you can force and kill off that smallest debt and just slay it. And then you're going to take that amount and roll it over to this next smallest hmm. and then the next smallest. And so that's going to Give build your some, some little wins. Right. And celebrate those victories along the way. And as you begin to get this snowball to roll, you're going to start to feel the courage and you're like, dude, we're killing this we're thing off. Yeah. And it's going to breed that. Yeah. That momentum, that teamwork. And yeah. we're doing this together. And that's going to help you pretty much slay your yeah. debt. Oftentimes people have this illusion that it's really quick, but depending on your situation, it might take months might take weeks might take years yeah in our case it took about a year and a half two mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. some people we've walked we've been walking with them for years mm-hmm. and they're they're not out of debt yet right. but they're slaying it we have a couple that we've been working with for the past three years and i think they've cut up 14 credit cards wow yeah 14 credit cards and they're still killing it they're going strong cool. and god's been blessing them the mm-hmm. whole time wow and so yeah there are success stories we we've seen people pay off thousands like tens lots and lots of zeros Mm. because they're doing it on paper on purpose Mm -hmm. and they realize now that i'm stewarding uh this money well and by the way if you want biblical examples uh, proverbs 22 7 says that the borrower is a slave or a servant to the lender Mm -hmm. and we could put that into modern terms you know debt that's Mm -hmm. debt Mm -hmm. you're borrowing money and the people that are lending it you're becoming a slave to them and so when you get paid guess where your income's going the money that god's entrusted to you is going to the world. Mm-hmm. It's going to the lender. It's mm-hmm. going to the, your credit cards. Yeah. It, it's going to your car payments, your student loans, some of the things you brought up earlier. And so when you begin to slay all those things down and cut them all down, you begin to see what the kingdom of God looks like and feels like and the things that you can do in God's kingdom right. and see it grow and flourish, not just in you, but right. how it's going to propagate through the kingdom right. when you live biblically. And you were telling me it's not through credit cards and earning points. <laughs> <laughs> sad because I was so happy about all that like getting my points anyway what's your opinion on credit cards because we talked about that you said what the Forbes 400 the top 400 wealthiest people, people in, the world. in the world yeah so their advice don't take my advice who yes. do I know uh, but the, the <laughs> Forbes 400 they're 75% of them the top 75% of them said pay off all your debt and never go back and that's a key a key in building their wealth and how they became very wealthy uh, because they didn't have anything holding them back. And now their biggest wealth building tool, which is your income, mm-hmm. is now you're able to leverage that right. to obtain your goals and dreams and aspirations. 
instead of it being distributed all amongst all the fancy, shiny things that you really didn't need in the first place. Right. Andrea, you even said, I think, when we were talking, that they don't live like millionaires. Millionaires mm-hmm. don't live right. like millionaires. Right, right. That millionaires, they, they get there because they don't care what people think. So right. they're not like getting the nice cars and getting into massive debt to drive those nice cars and getting the giant houses. Well, you know, some of them are. But they're they're not going into massive debt to impress right. people. Right. They don't care what people think. Right. And so most millionaires, you would never guess that they are millionaires. Right. You know, they, you, they're just you have no average idea. Joe sitting next to you yeah. at church or whatever yeah. for the most part. That's so Because crazy. they don't need to flash it. They don't have that, um, that fear oh, of right. man and needing to impress you. And that's how they get there. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's not because they're millionaires. millionaires. They don't care what you think. They got there because they don't care what you think. Right. Yeah, Tom Stanley's got a great book, Plug. It's called The mm-hmm. Millionaire Next Door. Mm-hmm. And he talks exa- exactly about mm-hmm. that. Well, and that kind of ties into what I love that you started this devotional this year about conquering mm-hmm. comparison and how that ties into marriage comparison and marriage and then comparison with finances mm-hmm. you were mentioning you can get so tripped up yeah yeah on... yeah just seeing like what the things that people have the, yeah you know the places they go the houses they live in the cars just all of it and especially in our social media world right but i think one of the things i don't know if a lot of people think of it this way i do just because of like what we do and all the people that we've worked with yeah you don't realize that a lot of these things, these people's lives that you're comparing yourself to, it's not actually, it's not reality. Like they're living on their, all that they have is not theirs mm-hmm. for the most part. And not, that's not to say that's true of everybody that has nice things, that right. it's nice that, that it's not theirs or they're in debt. Right. But a lot of the time, these nice cars that you see or whatever, you know, all this right. things that you're envying when you say 75 78% of people are living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. regardless of income level. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's regardless of the new house and the cars and all the fancy stuff you're seeing on the right. gram. Right. 78% of them are scraping, scraping mm-hmm. by. They're living on a razor's edge of one emergency away from everything crumbling down. And this is statistics, but also we've seen it firsthand, just with mm-hmm. all the right. people that yeah. we have been blessed to work with and help. So it just doesn't make sense. The comparison doesn't make sense. It's somebody who is letting the fear of man mm-hmm. control Ooh, them. And so they're purchasing these things. They're making their life look this certain way. That, right. And they are, they look like they've attained this status. Yeah. And so you, then you are comparing yourself and allowing the fear of man and what other people think of you mm-hmm. drive your behavior. And so the cycle continues. Right. You know, and so um, really it just all comes back to who are we going to honor? You know, with what we have, are we going to, yeah. is it going to be money and status and the pride of life, yeah. you know, that we're going to be living for? Or is it to fear the Lord, you know, and what how he says to manage our finances and stuff? Right. And, um, so, yeah, I just, I've seen comparison, you know, work its way into all aspects of our lives, especially as women, um, but as it pertains to money, especially in this area mm-hmm. of like seeing just the stuff that we yeah. have, that other people have and wanting right. it as well. Go and I'll, I'll link your page yeah. to get the devotional if anyone wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a um, five-day free devotional, Conquering yeah. Comparison. It's so good. It talks about all different aspects of comparison, not just right. financial. Right, but in this case, you were just talking about mm-hmm. that. I thought that was so good when you said that because that's so true. You're like accruing your own debt to keep up with the Joneses when the Joneses... Little do you know. <laughs> they're barely are making They're super it. in debt, yeah. And what it does is it, it not just makes you a slave to the lender, yeah. it makes you not just a slave to your lifestyle, but now you're a slave to their lifestyle. That's so true. Because then they're going to go get something new and you have to think, oh my gosh. You got to one-up every single time. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if somebody does have something nice and they do own it and it is theirs, yeah. they've worked hard for it. Right. You, know, you right. don't see like the struggle and the sacrifice, right. other places that they have sacrificed. Maybe right. they didn't go out to eat for right. a whole year. Like why can't so we just celebrate afford, that instead you know, so with they them? they could afford that trip to wherever, you know, and you just don't know like the sacrifice that goes behind it, what people do actually own the things that they have 
purchase. If they are the ones that own it, yeah. Right, and so I don't want anybody to have the misconception that we're against nice stuff. I, right. I want you to have nice things. Right. I don't want nice things to have you. Right, mm, that's good. And I think that's, you. I felt that. Like, I have to almost explain something if I, yeah. I'm not a big spender. Like, yeah. I've definitely, it's all the Lord, like, who's taught me managing money and I have so much to learn but I have learned some through what he's given me through my business but yeah you do almost have to feel like you have to explain if you get yeah. something new or nice and you're just like why does that have to even be a conversation mm -hmm. why right. can't it just be celebrated yeah. like wow yeah 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 you know, and to your point why is it a threat <laughs> you yeah sometimes feel like you have to explain well like you know I'm not buying all this stuff so that I can buy yeah this that I want to yeah so coming back to the comparison that's why it just doesn't make sense we have just yeah. so we have much better things right. to use our emotional energy on because it just never adds up you just don't know the sacrifice that someone so made true. in another area of their life right when you're only looking at this other area of their life right you know the, that they're totally winning in yeah you that's just so don't true. know the behind the scenes of people's lives right ever, really unless you're walking close close like hand in hand with them right and if you are you're usually not comparing or envying right. each other right and that's even something that you don't even fully disclose with people you are like yeah. really really close with like doing life with like yeah i mean you, you can yeah. you're probably more prone to do that with them but yeah that's something you don't yeah. really always you disclose really know yeah, that's so interesting. So I was going to ask on that subject in comparison, this was kind of a side note, but Elliot, this was a question yeah. for the men. So it's kind of off the finance, it's a tangent, but do men have a hallmark take on marriage the way lots of women get tripped up in? Like between husbands and wives, like is there a comparison trap? Do you guys feel you've ever compared each other to each oh, other like us, yeah like in marriage like together. husband and wife or oh, yeah. yeah um yeah 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 uh do you want to go first or do you want me sure yeah no i did and it was honestly it was a perspective issue because yeah. my love language is acts of service okay. one of them. and yeah. so if my wife wasn't doing things the way that i thought that they should be done yeah uh, it would jack me up and I'll start to compare myself and be like, mm. oh, your wife, in my head, I'll be like, your wife's lazy. Like, she doesn't do this or that. Or mm. how come she's not doing it this way? Mm. Right, I know. <laughs> Burn! Get some ice. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but, and it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I would have to correct in myself. Like, no, 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 no. Like, those are things you would never even say out loud to your wife. You're not even allowed to say them in your head. Except yeah. on a podcast. Exactly. All the millions. I can, I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could go both ways, yeah. like, too. Like, you might think, wow, my husband's being so lazy. Right, right. Or, like, but, but that's where the Hallmark thing com comes into play. It's because, yeah, I did romanticize what I thought marriage was going to be like. And mm. then when it wasn't, it's either, a lot of people either turn on their spouse or they turn on God. Because their spouse or God didn't read their script. Hmm. When you know your script is very unimportant. This yeah. is about glorifying God and doing his will and doing it together. Mm -hmm. And showing his image through your marriage. And so when I changed my perspective on that, I no longer saw my wife those way. I never had those negative thoughts. And the way that my wife is going to do things, God's built her a specific and certain way to complement both of our personalities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if two people are just alike in a marriage, one of you is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I didn't need a clone. Mm -hmm. I needed a spouse that was going to compliment and vice versa. Right. Do you ever feel like you've compared talents or mm -hmm. like giftings even? Yeah. I can't sing for a lick. <laughs> God help you me. You can sing? Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, I'm not like Mariah Carey or nothing. I didn't, but well, yes, I did I know this. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, have I heard it though? Okay, no? sorry. No, you probably haven't. I don't think here, you have a mic? Uh, <laughs> prove it. I wish I could. I don't, I don't want to Okay, but show, so, so. Yeah. Those so, types of okay, things. Yeah, Elliot is incredibly, like, disciplined and organized, and that's just how he's wired. Like, I thank God for him. He is, uh, can we talk about the Enneagram? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's an Enneagram 1, and I am the creative, free-spirited, like, my wife's you know, a 10. Big picture, like dream. Okay. I'm a four. <laughs> but, um, so I've definitely had the moments where I'm like, dang, I wish I could do things more like him. Mm. Like I, I wish that I had that mind, that mm -hmm, gifting, mm -hmm. that, um, tendency to do things wow. yeah. in the way that he does, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've compared myself to him in that way. Right. Um, but coming back to just keeping my eyes on the Lord and, 
just the way that he has uniquely created me and leaning into that. Right. I think leaning into it actually helps me to develop the characteristics Hmm. of him that I admire. Elliot. Yeah, Yeah. because I'm just, I don't don't know, honestly, I'm not sure what it is. I think um, just leaning into his power like yeah. into the into the lord's power yeah. and being more of who he's created me to be also helps yeah. me to strengthen um the areas that i am weak because right. in my weakness he is strong you know, right is made perfect so i just found that hmm. seeking him too. in regards to like finances mm-hmm. did you guys ever feel that a comparison or like oh man like there was a season where she was making more than me or he was making more did that mm-hmm. ever come to put into play or was it um, when you guys yeah. were both working, yeah. So for me, it did when he would always say like I or mm. my or. Things so it was like the that. I liked that the pronoun thing. Yeah, and it. I mean, and I felt like you have every right to say that, and yeah. you totally can. But it kind of it did. It just kind of like stung a little. It was just the thing. It it even if he never changed it, it would have been fine. But right. it was something that I brought up to him and told him that it did. It kind of it just kind of hurt my heart. It made me feel like I was a non-person mm. in this thing, mm-hmm. even though like I did help with the the budgeting and the keeping within our budget and um inputting items into the budget you know right yeah yeah no i agree and that's convicting to me even now uh, because i did i I was messed up and i saw it as Mm i am bringing the income when the reality is like god is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's got little or nothing to do with you Mm. right and especially when i consider my background and where i came from it's like, I know exactly the sin I'm capable of, and there is mm-hmm. no way I should be in the position or the place that God has me mm-hmm. in my own strength and power. Mm-hmm. And so when I look back and I really consider who I am, it's like, this is 100% God's doing. Mm-hmm. And when I see it that way, it corrects my view with my wife, too, because we're in this together. Right. Regardless, who, it's not about the larger income. It's mm-hmm. like, God's given you both a specific right. stewarding and managing ability. Mm-hmm. And whether your your wife or your husband is making more is almost irrelevant at that point. And if that's where you're finding your security, your comfort, or your quote-unquote manliness, uh, I would encourage you to continue to read your Bible and and see what true manliness is. You know, follow Christ. He didn't make a great income. Right. Yeah. He basically said, I'm homeless. Want to follow me? Right. And he made it almost unattractive. Yeah. But even his disciples were like, well... You got the words of life, bro. (laughs) That's so true. That's such a good perspective. I like that. And so it's not about the income level. Like I said, we worked with, we've been so blessed to work with people across all income levels. Right. And income level uh, is not a point where you should find your value. Your value is in whose you are. Right. And you're in Christ. Right. That's so good. I love that. So, okay. I'm trying to keep it. We're almost done. Um, Like we talked about, literally going to end with the dating with, like how oh, yeah. to, when to talk. Um, but we did talk about how to track expenses and budget with mm-hmm. separate credit cards. And you guys kind of hit that one nail on the head. Mm-hmm. You don't rely on credit cards. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're there, your recommendation is to begin the snowball effect to get out of debt. Yeah, pay them off, cut them up. And yeah. that's just not my opinion. That's biblical stewardship. Biblical, what you're saying, yeah. Right. What was the verse for those? Proverbs, the lender, right? Yeah, Proverbs 20, Proverbs 22.7. Proverbs 22, 7. Yeah, that's uh, so Just good. read all of Proverbs 22 and you'll have a yeah. master's degree in fine. <laughs> There's a lot in Proverbs that always yeah. convicts me. Okay, so this one was from someone who's just dating or maybe even newlyweds. I guess this could talk to them too. But someone who's dating, planning to be engaged, planning to be married. Mm-hmm. When did that conversation happen for you guys? When did you guys begin to like discuss finances, show each other... Mm-hmm. Um, money stuff i feel like that's kind of a vulnerable vulnerable (laughs) thing huh yeah um so we talked about our um perspective and like where we stood with money when we were dating like that was just kind of not that we had a great standing but right uh, we was kind of a yeah immature stance maybe for yeah but you didn't know what you're gonna walk into yeah so we talked about it like as we were dating um, but as after we got engaged was kind of when we talked about like, okay, like when we got engaged is when we talked about how this would actually work. So what are you making? What am I making? Mm-hmm. And then we talked, that's when we kind of showed that's each so other. so hard because like, wouldn't you want, engaged. did you ever want to know that? Like when you were dating, like you were I, curious? Because it? it's important to know how someone manages their finances, honestly, right? Honestly, we did. Personally, we did. And I think that just depends on your Who? relationship. Yeah. Like. 
I think go for it when you're dating yeah. if you want to. Right. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that was really important, uh, especially to our pastor, was one of the things he asked me is how much debt do you have? Mm-hmm. And his thing was if, if you can't manage finances for you now, right. what makes me think, or her dad, what makes me think that you're going to be responsible for taking care of another person? And we kind of did that in, was it part one of our... Yeah, our, I was going to say, shout out interest, Todd. Well, not, yeah, right. Not just taking care of shout them, out to episode four. Yeah. Making your debt somebody else's, like making your financial baggage somebody else's. Because I fully think that. I'm not saying like you shouldn't marry that person, but it's, it's something, something it to shows. Yeah. yeah. But also, if, if the request is, hey, if you really care about this, then let's go ahead and slay that. Right. And then moving forward, you guys right. will be more blessed for doing right. that. And then you'll so, be on the same page. The conversation yeah. should, can happen. I think after engagement. Yeah, after While you're engagement, dating. Because yeah. when we were leading up to engagement, the question wasn't like, I need a spreadsheet, please. I need right. your income and expense reports. It was, hey, do... You're right. I'm sorry. Because that was kind of a prerequisite to being engaged was mm-hmm. like, are we making well, enough? Are you financially responsible? Well, because I'm thinking once you're engaged, to me, when I see engagements, it's funny to me. I'm like, I'm going to be the processor where I'm like, I love you. Yes, but hang on. Give me like two days. <laughs> it's so funny to me that people impulsively are like, yes, oh my gosh. But I'm like, I hope you're at that level, right? Right, right. You've dated right. for however long you're certain you've prayed about it. Hopefully that's yeah. not the case. But I'm like that. I would, you know, want to know those things. And I guess that's control. But it's also being wise and oh, yeah. have those conversations. And I think when you're in dating, you can put your best face forward. Yes. So when you're in premarital right. counseling, that would probably be the time. But then I'm like, you're engaged. So it's a sad thing where you'd have to like yeah. no, break off an engagement, right, right. you know? Because I think when you're like initially dating, talk right. about like how, talk about money, talk about like yeah. perspective. Um, if it's a huge like point of contention, then yeah. you can kind of get an idea of what marriage would be like. Right. right. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. It could be a breaking point right. or mm-hmm. like a non-negotiable if it's okay. So for us personally, we did talk about it when we were dating. Yeah. We just had that kind of, we were just really good friends when we were dating. Right. And uh, we knew that right. our, where we were heading was marriage. Yeah. Um, even when we were dating. Right. Okay. Not, so I mean, not the whole time. But right. You know I mean. Yeah. So. You got to that point. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I was feeling it out. So we did talk, we yeah. personally did talk about it when we were dating. Okay. Um, and like you said, because it was a prerequisite. Right. But I want to bring up two things, is that we very much valued our, our pastor's perspective, and we very much wanted that wisdom. So pre-marriage counseling, I think, is a great thing. Go through Financial Peace University if you get a chance. I think that's excellent pre-marriage, <laughs> pre-marriage counseling. That right. and that. And second, yeah. Drea valued her dad's blessing mm. so much that she was like, hey, bro, you want to marry me? Uh, you should talk to my dad. And so I literally had my income and expense reports. Wow. Shake it in That's my boots. That's dad's job then. Yes. Or, you or know, depending or on the situation. Yes. Yeah. Spiritual father. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had to sit down like with her dad and say, hey, look, I, I am able to provide for your daughter. Yeah. Barely, but we're going to make it. Yeah. You know? And we'll, we can, and it's funny because being a nerd, I gave her and her mom, I think, like, four or five different portfolios for apartment complexes <laughs> I visited and like had all, you know, yeah. and so they got to go visit them and choose okay. which ones. And I'm like, this is what we can afford. Right. And, and I think that was something to her dad showed that, Hey, he's serious. And I can see yeah. he's, he's willing to lay it out before me and be transparent. Right. And that built trust. Right. And so and he, even if you're not pulling in as much as you might in the future, it, that to me, it doesn't matter. Like the number, like, right. wow, I don't like, that's not what I'm saying here. Right. Right. It's that you had a, your head around it. Right. Like you actually were taking like. control, right? And not yeah. just like, again, like I'm not that girl that needs like the huge wedding ring or right. engagement ring or like I can live and figure out like I could, you know, mission field, you know, whatever yeah. it is that God calls you to. But it's that responsibility that you're tracking it, that you're on that mindset. And it's not just, again, though, you said you had to learn, but you came True. in with the willingness yeah. i think the teachability is huge that you had aim even though you still had a lot to learn mm-hmm. yeah but you still were like hey i'm trying because your daughter means this much to me and i know this matters and it shows that you're responsible yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so that is like one of the biggest fights yeah i feel like finances is so big but i think this yeah. is uh it's bigger than just I shouldn't say bigger. It's more expansive than just a marriage issue because a lot of the single people we've worked with, it's super important for them to, like you said, to have that responsibility and build that stewardship, uh, to to build that character habit and that trait before they get married. Totally, yeah. 
that's what I feel like you can't just expect to change overnight. Mm -hmm. Like you're not just going to be this new person in marriage just because you're married. married. (laughs) Yeah. And going back to your Hallmark question, I think guys have a lot of that in their head too. Like, Oh, when I get married, this, you know, or if there's some things that I don't quite understand or like, like that'll change when we get married. Oh yeah. That's a good one. And have fun with that one. Like, you know, when I get married, it's going to, you know, I'm going to be a new man. Right. Or whatever. Like, a life is going to fall into place. And right. Life is going to be right. your perfect right. fantasy. But no. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, yeah, we've talked about that in one of the episodes. But, yeah, I think that's good. I like what we covered. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. But, yeah, as single, like, it's not just a marriage issue. It is something you can be working on currently. If you're not married, it's not just to figure out when you're married. Mm-hmm. And the older you get, I think that's, yeah, something you need to check more, check in with your heart, but it's okay. It's never too late. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we covered, covered it. I don't think there was anything we left. No, I think basically we just wanted to get across a message of, of hope and encouragement that it is financial peace is not an oxymoron. It is possible. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some hard work and grit, but yeah. we've been there and we've walked through it and we felt all that pain and tension and, and the heartache in our own home and marriage and we made it through. Yeah. And it is possible. We've turned around and we've been so blessed to help a lot of people out of it as well. So it is possible. Yeah. And so I'll link anything or I'll link the account that you're currently in the process of getting up, right? Yes. Do you have a website? Uh, just Facebook just... and Instagram right now. Yeah, that is you have just... a Facebook, Instagram, but then you also have your Calendly. Oh, your yeah, your Calendly that. link. Yeah. If anyone's interested in talking to them more specifically for your specific case, I know mm-hmm. it's case by case. Everyone's story is different, right? Right. So I'll link that for everybody. And then you listed a book. Tom Stanley, The Millionaire Next Door. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Yes. Cool. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Yay. Be sure to follow on Instagram at The Marriage Project Co. Or check out the website www.themarriageproject.co to see all the photos that accompany each testimony behind each matrimony. And be sure to subscribe for the community newsletter to get each episode sent directly to your inbox.